I've been asked to talk to you today about a form of contemplative prayer that we've been teaching in our counseling program at Asbury. Alongside counseling skills, we're also asking students to practice prayer skills too. Our students often point to the value of contemplative prayer for increased spiritual well-being that affects the way they manage their thoughts, their feelings, even their relationships. The form of contemplative prayer that we teach is called centering prayer. Although the larger contemplative tradition is easily traced back to the desert fathers and mothers of our faith, centering prayer is actually about 60 years old. It's now practiced all over the world in Protestant and Catholic settings. And in these pandemic days, it may be needed more than ever as a way to practice the reality of God's presence in the moment. Centering prayer is a silent and receptive way of praying that is often compared alternatively to discursive forms of prayer that focus on petitioning or interceding with words. It's important to know that centering prayer is not a competitor of these forms. It's, it's not better or worse. It's just simply another way to participate in the life of God through his spirit. In centering prayer, I imagine that it might be like sitting at Jesus' feet so enthralled that he has invited me to be with him that I have nothing to say. <laughs> Everything else, petition or praise, seems unnecessary in the, in the awe of that moment. I'm with him. I, I, I'm seeking his face, as Psalms 27 says. I'm just in that moment, sitting silently with him, drinking in his presence, receiving. I remember an experience that I had when I was dating that wonderful woman who had become my wife. Carol and I were traveling to Michigan on a weekend to see her family. We'd been traveling for about two hours when it dawned on me that we had not said a single word for about an hour. We'd been riding in complete silence and it was actually fine. And indeed, more, more than fine, it actually felt peaceful. I realized that previously silence would have unnerved me. I'd have wanted to fill the space with words. I wanted to know what she was thinking. I wanted to know, her to know what I was thinking. I was just in the, really too insecure to go too long without checking in, but not this time. And you know, it felt right. It felt like we'd taken a step into a deeper uh, part of relating. It reminds me of centering prayer, actually. Sitting in silence with the one who loves me, not needing to say a word. I am secure in his presence. I can even rest in his presence. Centering prayer is based theologically on the truth that God is always present and active in each moment of our lives. We can never escape him. Even more wonderfully, he is reaching out inviting us to know him in each moment. You and I have probably heard Revelation 3.20 for a lot of our adult lives, at least as, uh, as a reference to salvation, and it's true. But contemplative forms of praying emphasize that God is always knocking. Each moment of life, he is asking, will you hear my voice in this moment, and will you open the door? Even in our pandemic distractedness, he keeps knocking hoping to get our attention. See, God is always the initiator, always. Motivated by deep love and desire for us, he is always the inviter, and his invitation comes with an RSVP. Your decision to pray 
Our decision to pray is our yes to his invitation. In centering prayer language, we consent to pray when we give him our attention in the moment. Let's push this a little bit further. The truth is that we aren't really seeing reality until we acknowledge that, God's, that God is present in the moment. We aren't living in reality, not completely, if we run off oblivious to his action. And what do we call people who don't live in reality? Well, in my world, we call them delusional. Too harsh? Maybe, but maybe not. I know that in quarantine, I can get so caught up in my fears, the lack of control that I feel that, that I can, um, I, as I dwell on all of these different threats, I forget that God is still the center of my reality. I can leave him out of the way I'm picturing life at the moment, but that's really just a distortion of reality. I forget to practice his presence, and it's funny how fear seems to overcome me. In our counseling program, we realize that practicing his presence is essential to our vocation. Centering prayer helps us practice. It has four basic steps, not unlike some discursive forms that have, have uh, that emphasize things like ACTS. You remember that acronym? Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, You've probably used something like that to enhance your intercessory prayer life. So as we think about centering prayer in these four steps, uh, it's something that you may want to prepare for as you get started. Prepare your heart, your mind, your body with a reading from scripture or possibly a, a hymn or other worship music. Classically, centering prayer often starts with Lectio Divina. Some practices help us turn our attention to the one who is with us in the moment and inviting us. Now we're ready to take those steps. Step one, choose a sacred word as the symbol of your intention to consent to God's presence and action in the moment. A sacred word is just a single word, a very short phrase that represents your intent to say yes to God's presence. Even when other things are wanting to capture you, the word, or it could be an image, or maybe a symbol, has special meaning to you for this season with God in your life. You may want to choose a, a name or title for Jesus as your sacred word, something like uh, Savior, or maybe Lord. Or maybe you'll pick a word such as love, or peace, or rest. Some people think that they should pick out some deficit uh, that's made, that uh, it could be represented by their sacred word, such as maybe patience. Uh, they say their sacred word as if they're asking God for patience, but saying your sacred word is not a request for something you lack. It's actually naming the one who is with you in that moment, the one who is, in this case, patience personified. One other thing, once you've chosen a sacred word, it's often helpful to keep that word through your prayer time. If you're thinking that much about your sacred word and whether it's working or not, you're probably just too caught up in it as a distraction. So just stay with that word. You can change it later. Step two, sit comfortably. Take a deep breath and settle yourself. Then silently introduce your sacred word as a symbol of your consent to God's presence and action in the moment. Sitting comfortably means that you choose a posture that is relaxed but alert, not rigid, but also not reclined. 
You can keep a good posture while you're sitting in a chair or on the ground. You may want to practice while walking slowly, but that actually can be more distracting when you're just starting. You may close your eyes if you like. If that is uncomfortable for you, then just find a place to rest your eyes, a sight that will not distract you, such as a spot on the floor or a spot on the wall. Take a deep breath. Inhale deeply. And then exhale through your mouth. Take note of your body settling as you breathe. And then introduce your sacred word inwardly. Remember, it's not a mantra. There's no power in this word or image or symbol. It's just a placeholder. It gives your mind an initial place to focus as you begin to turn your attention to God's presence in the moment with you. And when you feel centered in God's presence, resting in him, figuratively sitting at his feet, you can stop with the sacred word. It could actually be a distraction to sitting in the presence of the one who's invited you in the moment. When you're with him, there's no word needed. Step three, when engaged with anything that might distract you from sitting silently in that intimate moment, return ever so gently to your sacred word. Centering prayer reminds us that distractions are inevitable. They're very human. So we don't have to be bothered by them so much when they arise, no matter how often they arise. When we catch ourselves thinking about our bodies, our feelings, our memories, our plans, our commentaries, maybe even just how well it's going in our prayer time in the moment. And this, these kind of things will come up a lot, even for those of us who are experienced with centering prayer. We simply return our attention to God's presence. Or if we're really caught up in that distraction, we return gently, ever so gently, to the sacred word. And it's a placeholder that charts our way back to his presence. This returning is really our only activity in centering prayer. We return from distractions without chastening ourselves or promising to do better. We simply return like the prodigal son coming back to the father after he's turned his eyes toward home. Please remember that the quality of your praying is not connected with how long you stay centered. The quality of your prayer is based in how quickly you recognize when you are no longer centered and you come back to him. Even good things can be distractions that we need to return from. During our prayer time, everything takes second place to sitting silently with him in the moment, paying attention to him, practicing his presence. There's a story of a nun who came to Thomas Keating after training in centering prayer for the first time. She said, Father Thomas, I am a failure. I'm a failure at this prayer. In 20 minutes, I have been away 10,000 times. To which he replied, how lovely that we serve a God to whom you can return 10,000 times. And he's inviting you in each of those moments to be with him. We return to God because he is still there inviting us. With every return, we are saying, I trust you, Lord, with whatever it is that distracts me. You've got that. And you have me, too. Step four. At the end of the prayer period, we remain in silence, preferably with eyes closed, for a couple of minutes. 
This step just allows us to bring that centeredness in God into the rest of our lives. You may want to end with the Lord's Prayer. Or maybe there are some petitions or some other things that you'd like to bring up at that time. Great, that's the time now. Let me end by telling you a Bible story. You've heard it before, and, uh, but I find it applicable to what we're talking about here. It's just a few verses in Matthew 14, but it's a great story. It starts with uh, Jesus walking on the water during a buffeting storm, inviting the disciples to put aside their fears and act with courage. Seemingly in response, Peter asks if he can get out of the boat and come to Jesus. Be with him where he is. Jesus says, come. Peter responds to his invitation, plants his feet on the water while looking at Jesus. But the conditions of his life, the conditions of his situation begin to intrude. The winds and the waves swirl around him, demanding that he pay attention to the path that he's on. Almost inevitably, his eyes drift away from Jesus to the mess all around him. He gets caught up in the potential threats in his precarious position. His eyes leave the one who is walking on the water with him. He's just trying to survive what he sees all around him. And he begins to sink. And he cries out, returning his attention finally to Jesus. And then he realizes that he is held, sinking until he returns his attention to the one who invited him to take this walk with him. Peter lost touch with reality, in the one in which Jesus is the center, when he was captivated by his fears. May I suggest to you that centering prayer is an opportunity to practice that reality of being held in each moment. It's not about willpower. It's not about holding on to God with all your might. It's really about how God is inviting us to realize that we are held by him. Instead of letting all the threats in our life occupy our attention, for 20 minutes a day, or maybe 40 minutes twice a day, we practice attending to him. He's invited us to be there. And if you experience, if you experience this, like many of our counseling students, you may be surprised at how this time and the experience of centering on him spreads into the rest of your days. This is one of those moments where we recognize even now, Lord Jesus, you are here. You are present with us and you are inviting us in this time to be with you. What an invitation. We want to say yes. We want to practice over and over saying yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let me say a couple of things very quickly before I end. There's a slide here at the end that gives you a look at a number of opportunities. If this is of interest to you, if you'd like to think about praying together uh, with others in this way, because as with any means of grace, this is an opportunity for us to do this in community. That's where it really works for us. And so there are some opportunities that are available to you to join existing groups, to join training groups, to maybe uh, get somebody who could talk with you one-on-one, -on -one, uh, coaching you, uh, you, if you will, around praying with this form of prayer. Uh, there's also another group that we're starting that's particularly for contemplative prayer when we are finding ourselves in chronic worry. 
There's also a couple of videos on YouTube by Dr. Brian Russell, uh, the Dean of our Orlando School of Ministry. And I would encourage you to look it up on YouTube. You'll enjoy watching these short videos and hearing Brian's experience with Centering Prayer. All of this is open to you. See it as an invitation. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure talking with you.